we can throw some shots at those uh, Alita Army knuckleheads. If oh, yeah. Want. The most... <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. I don't, I don't, I don't get it at all. I, yeah. So yeah. So there may not be a lot to talk about there because it would almost have to be like you had to be there to get it because mm-hmm. it's just it was baffling. Yeah, they got their, they got their two minutes of fame right. You know exactly. <laughs> but a well, lot of these roles, anyways. Yeah, well, and good on Casey for being like, all right, that's enough. Let's let's just stop paying attention to these knuckleheads and they'll go away. And yeah. sure enough, that's really what's kind of happened. So Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean I I uh I I I do like to to make fun of obnoxious fandoms out on Twitter.com. <laughs> I've been waiting a long time for this on talk, no shock. Live from the Emerald City of Seattle, it's the Mike Cybert Radio Podcast. Your home for pop culture, Transformers, independent artists, interviews, Transformers, and stuff, and things. Also sometimes Transformers. And now, here he is, Transformer Party Presidential Nominee, Mike Seibert. Hey, welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio, powered by Poddex. I am your host, and my guest this week is Transformers fan artist, Apollo, a robo Apollo out on Twitter. Uh, she's a super cool artist that I got to know through um, through being mutual fans and friends of the Autopod Decepticast, and then later more than meets the pod. Uh, we discuss Transformers fandom and participating in that fandom with stuff like going to conventions, making art, writing fan fiction, or uh, or fic as it's called, uh, contributing to zines, shipping, and, and we go over some of those popular uh, Transformers fandom ask questions as well. Uh, we actually did this interview as a live stream last week, and you can go find the full raw video out on the Mike Seibert Radio YouTube channel. So this podcast is, is kind of a remix of of that video. Uh, but before we jump into the conversation, I do have some convention news I'd like to share. Uh, first of all, uh, Emerald City Comic Con is officially canceled. Uh, here is the official statement from their website. Emerald City Comic Con is not just an event that happens over a handful of days. It's a community. It's our community. It is made up of thousands of people creating and sharing their passions. For almost two decades, what has made ECCC so special are the people, their stories, and their experiences. We care about you. We care about your safety. That will always come first. Because of this, and after many discussions with the convention center, exhibitors, artists, and fans, we have made the excruciating yet necessary decision to cancel Emerald City Comic Con 2020 in Seattle. We're still here, though. We will be putting on a digital event in August to support exhibitors and connect fans with as much of the content you love as possible. For more information on what is available digitally now, our next physical show in Seattle, and everything in between, keep up with Emerald City Comic Con's social channels. ECCC will return. We will connect with our favorite artists and creators again. We will cheer for our heroes again. We will discover new fandoms and meet new friends again. We will wear and take pictures of awesome cosplay again. We will celebrate what we love with each other again. Our hearts as always remain with you all. Thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your understanding. Stay safe, stay healthy, and take care of yourselves and each other. We'll see you in August for our digital celebration, and we cannot wait to welcome you all home in person March 4th through the 7th 2021. So that's the official statement from Emerald City Comic Con. Likewise, I also have an update about Cybefest Northwest, the unofficial Transformers convention from right here in the Pacific Northwest that was set to take place August 1st at the Kent Commons Community Center. Uh, But uh, from an official press release uh, released earlier this week, 
The SideFest Northwest organizers have been discussing the current situation with the lockdown and weighing options with regard to the likelihood of having businesses sufficiently opened in time for SideFest Northwest this year. While we are very glad to see gradual progress being made toward fully reopening the economy, there is a very real possibility that King County, where SideFest Northwest is held, will still not have made sufficient progress for SideFest Northwest to be held in person. Therefore, we have decided to move SideFest Northwest 2020 to an all-virtual show. It's not all bad news, though, because this year, SideFest Northwest will take place over both Saturday and and Sunday. The SideFest Northwest 2020 live stream will be active on August 1st and 2nd from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. There are many aspects to SideFest Northwest from the dealer room to the contests, panels, and raffles. However, the most important aspect for us is the thing that started the very first SideCon many years ago, the local Transformers community right here in the Pacific Northwest. To that end, we have decided on a plan for this year's convention that places the local community at the forefront. We have a streaming schedule and we want to invite the community to help us fill it. Do you want to have a live dealer show and show off what you were planning to sell at this year's SideFest? Uh, do you have an idea for a panel or roundtable discussion that you'd like to host? Do you want to get together with some of your artist friends for a live stream? We'll have signups available later this week. To better gauge demand, we will first open sign up to our local dealers, followed by other activities a couple days later. Of course, we will be including as many of our traditional contests in the schedule as well. Well, so stay tuned for details on how those will be handled. And I, I got to tell you that um, I've been invited to participate as well. Uh, I will be participating doing the last stream of the day, show, um, Sunday, I mean, uh, closing out the show. Uh, so that'll be Sunday. Uh, not sure exactly what that will entail just yet, uh, but I'm sure it'll involve some kind of closing thoughts with the show organizers, you know, very similar to how we closed out uh, my Transformers the movie panel from last year, which, um, you know, kind of became kind of like a huge uh, side fest love fest at a, at the end and, and was tons and tons of fun. Uh, but I'd also love to hear from you. I mean, you tell me, what would you like me to stream about at SideFest Northwest, the uh, the virtual SideFest Northwest for 2020. Uh, maybe there's some guests I can get to uh, jump on with me. I, uh, you know, I, I, I know a couple folks um, that uh, that hopefully you enjoy me talking to. So if there's uh, somebody you'd like me to hit up or some kind of show idea, uh, let me know. At this point, I'm pretty much open to anything. I mean, I can I can talk about just about anything at length. You've heard what Mike thinks. Now tell him what you think on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Mike Cybert Radio. Uh, Robo Apollo, why don't you uh, take a, a, a couple moments and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and let's talk about your art. Okay, well, um, I go by Apollo or Robo Apollo is my handle on Twitter. Um, yeah, this is my first time on a podcast, so thanks for inviting me. Um, and yeah, I'm in Portland, Oregon, so and I love it here, though it's unusually wet right now. It's usually not raining this time right. of year, which is crazy, but. Um, anyways, I've been a geek, like, my whole life, like, my older sister got a Nintendo, the original one, and I'd watch her play it, and I grew up playing Mario Brothers and watching cartoons, I was too close to the TV, um, <laughs> and I remember as a kid seeing, um, G1 Transformers as reruns, because, um, I was born in 86, so that was after the original syndication of the show, but they would play it you know, on like Saturday morning cartoons or whatever. And I remember like vividly there was an episode where Megatron was like super mean to Starscream. <laughs> and I just didn't get like why this guy was so mean to Starscream because he didn't seem mean to me at the time because, you know, I was like a little kid. I, sure. 
little bit. Like there's this one scene, I forget what episode it is in, in G1 where like Megatron is choking Starscream. And um, I, when I rewatched G1 um, a few years ago, I saw that and I, like, I remembered exactly that memory as a kid seeing that. <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, this traumatized me <laughs> as a kid. It's like coming back um, later. But um you know, I watched Beast Wars when that was on TV, um, but I didn't know it was a Transformers show. And um, in between that period of time, I didn't even care about Transformers. Like, I got really into anime and sure. manga. Um, and so I watched Beast Wars, which um, I really liked. Um, you know, I remembered Megatron from that and his yes, you know. And I was really in the dinosaurs at the time. So um, I thought that was cool. You, you turn into a T-Rex. But no idea it was a Transformer show. No idea. <laughs> so, Interesting. Um, yeah, so um, in 2017, I believe, that was when the Last Night movie came out, I think, the Michael Bay one, right? Um, and so um, a friend of mine, I was visiting her, um, and she asked me, she's like, hey, let's, do you want to go see this movie? And I'm like, sure, like, because it's kind of near my birthday when it came out. And so um, we went and saw it, and... You know, I didn't really know what was going on because, you know, that was like, what, the fifth movie in the Michael yeah. Bay franchise, but I thought Megatron was super cool from that. And so then that's when, like, I went on, I popped on Google and looked up Transformers, discovered Transformers Prime, and then also the comics, um, More Than Meets the Eye, which was written by James Roberts and Alex Milne drew it, and then... Jack Lawrence picked up the torch on that for finishing off um, that series. So um, as the artist. And so um, I watched Transformers Prime and started reading those comics and I was hooked. So, <laughs> so um, you know, and then I started going on Twitter and um, I decided to go to TFCon Chicago um, in 2018, which was in October. And so I went to that by myself. I didn't know anyone. And um, I was waiting at the airport shuttle. And um, that's how I met Genevieve. And um, okay. she's a friend of mine now. And um, she made me feel welcome. And then James Roberts happened to show up there, too. We were stuck on this airport shuttle for like an hour because there was traffic. And um TFCon, that one, the one in Chicago, is such a good convention. Like, you know, and you can see how closely knitted the fandom is. Um, it's like a big family. And um, I felt really welcome there. It wasn't like at anime conventions where they're like so big now that it's like, you know, you don't even know what's going on. There's like too many things that you can pick from to do. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, with TFCon, it's so focused, you know, you can go and see many different things. And there's a huge focus on the fan artists, which I think is really cool. So, um, so you know, that really sealed the deal for me with getting into the fandom, you know, going to that convention. And then I decided in 2019 that I wanted to start drawing again well this is actually the end of 2018 after that convention and so I just started drawing and um, I'd taken a break from drawing I've for my career I'm a graphic artist so you know it hasn't it hasn't been like I've stopped art it's yeah just yeah Art. But um, I used to table at anime conventions years ago there was a convention um, in San Jose California called Fanime and I used to go there every year and table. Um, and also I flew up to um, the Seattle con, Sakura con, um, sure. a few times and tabled there, my anime art. But then there was a period of time where I stopped drawing for like seven or eight years. And, um, you know, at the time, my focus in life was just really different um, mm -hmm. outside of work, um, you know, and so... I decided just to get back into art, you know, and 
I'm really glad I did. I did not know how to draw robots at first. Like if you go back on my Instagram account and look at my history, it's like, oh yeah, you can see she's definitely improved. <laughs> so um, yeah, and then I, um, you know, decided to buy an iPad Pro because I was just doing this by paint, like hand and um, that's really helped significantly with my art. Gotcha. Well, and and that's that was one of the things I wanted to ask you about because I I uh, I actually did that. I, I went through your Instagram uh, not too long ago, maybe uh, maybe last night, night before, and um, you know, just looking at that progression, and it's pretty awesome. I mean, one I. I really enjoy your art style anyway. That, that's part of the reason why uh, I, I was interested in getting commissions from you. Uh, but also just, I, I just seeing that, that uh, development is something to be really proud of. That's, that's very, very cool. Thank you. Yeah, what I want to do at some point, I mean, there's always, there always never seems to be enough time, but um, I want to redraw some of those older drawings. Like you probably saw, I did like a sketch of um, More Than Meets the Eye Megatron and mm -hmm. um, like of his head. And I'd like to like just redraw that and like post on Twitter side by side comparison, like before and after, <laughs> you know, just to like really see the improvement that I've made. So um, I'm really excited about it. Well, I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, one, because just kind of like your your uh, media has changed also. You know, you were doing, you know, hand-drawn sketches and doing some watercolors. And now to, you know, doing the, the full digital suite there. It's, uh, again, that's, uh, that's a lot of, I, I, I love seeing those glow-ups and, and that kind of progression there. So, um, again, feel real good about that. And good on you for, you know, uh, seeing something that you're passionate about and just jumping into it. Because, you know, a lot of folks, you know, think that they want to do something like whether it's drawing or writing or podcasting or whatever type of artistic outlet. And, you know, it's all starting is the hardest thing. Like, you know, I've got a great idea for a podcast. Well, great. When are you going to start doing it? Well, I need this. Well, I need that. It's like, you don't need any of that. You just need to like find something to talk into and then just start. Um, mm -hmm. Likewise, same thing with, with art and drawing and writing. It's just like, you know, the only way that you're going to get into doing something is by doing it. Because if you wait to do it, you're never gonna do it. So uh, again, I applaud you for for jumping right in and for kind of kind of catching that same. It is so it's interesting how inspiration strikes at um, at similar times. One, I had no idea you were at that uh, Chicago uh, TFCon in really? uh, 2018. Also, and and it's so weird because though you you mentioned it earlier those fan conventions are far more intimate than say uh like like an emerald city comic-con or like a sakura con or something like that where like you had said these mega conventions that it's just you know it's just a sea of humanity whereas you know once you start getting to know folks you know it's a, oh hey what's up hey what's up to the point where and i I didn't realize this until I started going to Transformers conventions and, you know, with it specifically being a, a fan convention, is that you're more there for your friends and the scene than the actual convention. Um, you know, I've, I've told the stories many times on, on uh, my podcast about where there are times where we're just like hanging out and then you have that realization, oh, wait a minute, there's there's a convention over there. Hey, uh, you want to go do convention? Maybe, uh, maybe sit in on a panel or because that, that's, that's one of the things that that's really inspired me over the last couple years is that there's just, there's the, the fandom is so friendly and like everybody is just super cool. And that's, that's an experience I've never had before at, uh, at, at any of these conventions. Um, and it, yeah, it's just, it, it's, it's a scene that I didn't know anything about. It was a scene I didn't know I needed, but I love it. Yeah, I know. It's, it's really wild now. Like, um, I've gone to a few of these TF cons now. I've gone to three. Yeah. Cause I went to the Chicago one, then I went to the LA one and then went to DC and, um, I go now mostly just to see my friends, yeah. you know? 
just hang out with them because we all live in different parts of the country or the globe really and um, it's a reason for everyone to get together and hang out, you know, and um, it's wonderful. Like I miss all my buddies, yeah. so, you know, so it's, um, and I'm glad that, you know, I talk with a lot of them through Twitter and stuff. You can at least see how people are doing and stuff and through that, but it's definitely not the same as, you know, having the crew together in person. Yeah. Well, and, and for me at least, I uh, one of the things that I delight in is uh, meeting people in real life that I've gotten to know uh, through social media or through the internet or things like that. It's like, you know, um, even, even to the point where like I've uh, done interviews with folks and had folks on my podcast, but like when you actually meet them and see them and exchange those hugs and all that, it it makes it makes it something that's very very real. That uh, like like I shared earlier was really something that I hadn't experienced before, and it's it's very very cool. Um, I was also at TFCon LA, so that's twice that, <laughs> that we've totally missed each other. I don't know how the convention is very big. Not that big. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, uh, so before we, we talk too much more about uh, fandom, because I, I would like to spend some time talking about, you know, kind of comparing and contrasting between like being a fan versus being part of fandom. Uh, some of those uh, conversations that have been part of those podcasts we were just talking about um, earlier. Um, I'd like to loop back around and um, uh, talk a little more about your art in that, you know, we, we kind of talked about, you know, what inspired you to uh, do uh, Transformers fan art, but we haven't really talked about um, specifically what, um, I, I guess for lack of a better term, the, the vibe of your art, the style of your art. Like, um, for example, one of the things that, that really uh, drew me to your art um, is how expressive your faces are. You know, there, there's a lot going on with the eyes and with the, the mouth. And, and that's, I, I was like, oh, that's got personality. That's something that I really, really like. Um, so, yeah, I, I was just wondering if you wanted to take a minute and, and um, maybe describe your art a little more and, and talk about it. Well, um, you know, in regards to my style, that's something that I had to develop and like refine and I'm still refining it. But um, I tend to use like bolder lines and um, brighter colors, too. Um, those are just things that draw that I'm drawn to. Um, and it, I, it just naturally progressed that way. That wasn't something I like consciously decided. It just <laughs> happened. So, um, you know, and I try to make the faces on the characters very expressive because, um, you know, I know they are robots, but, you know, they are alien robots. So I'd like to think that, you know, there would be a way for them to actually be expressive if they were real, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's what I've liked in a lot of the recent art um, in the comics is that the, the, the artists are, their art is very expressive. Like I really look up to um, Sarah PD. I'm not going to even try to pronounce her last name. Um, and Sarah Stone um, yeah. as artists, like they're both, they both do artwork that's very expressive and that's something I really admire in their work. And, you know, they can just tell like in each panel, like stories, like, and just convey emotions so well. And that's what I want to try to do in my work. So whenever you see me post like art, like that's what I'm trying to do because um, I just think um, with your art, with someone's art, you, it can be more than just what you're looking at. You can tell a story with it, like a, yeah. a narrative if you want to do that. So um, I try to do that with my work. So Very cool. Well, and what I've discovered, especially with Transformers artists, you know, whether they're uh, mainstream or fan artists, it's like if you can find a way to make these characters that oftentimes have no features um if you can make them expressive that's that's some great storytelling and some powerful art like uh you know like uh, uh my favorite character is soundwave mm -hmm. he um he not only doesn't have a face 
but he doesn't have eyes either. <laughs> it's literally just a visor and a faceplate. And and time and again, one one of my favorite things is to get commissions of Soundwave just to see what the artists do with them. And I am blown away every time by just the, the expressiveness that you can give to a robot with no face. It's just, it's, I, I'm, I'm not an artist by trade. So I, I'm always uh, just, just amazed by just, uh, you know, just, and, and it's a lot like, you know, like head tilts or just, you know, just, just posing or, or trick of the lighting. Um, just, just amazing stuff that you can do. And I just, I, I think it's so cool. Well, and something um, that a lot of the artists have talked about and that um, I know Sarah PD talked about this at a panel I went to of hers at TFCon LA um, was that you can make a character expressive even if, you know, if they have a visor, um, you can like, instead of it being a straight line, you can add a little bit of an arch, you know, and a little bit of a curve, you know, to make it look like their eyes are, you know, going like this, you know, yeah. and, you know, that's a way where you can add some expression to a character that w is expressionless <laughs> otherwise. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and so I, um, when she said that, like, I tried to incorporate that into my um, artwork, too, as a way to make it more expressive. And also, um, something that Jack Lawrence has, men has mentioned, who I really admire very much, is when he draws his character's um, he makes sure the lines of the actual characters, he draws freehand. He doesn't use a ruler. So I'm trying to incorporate more of that organicness into my forms because that does add life to them if it's not just like a perfectly straight line. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm still working towards that. Um, but, um, you know, I think those are both like really great things that artists can incorporate into their artwork to make the, uh, the Transformers characters more expressive. Yeah, it's uh, again. I I could I I could go on and on about that for for hours because it's just I I'm I'm endlessly fascinated. Um, yeah. But the the next thing I want to talk about is kind of still in the the fan art category, and I I guess I guess from there I, I want to talk about um, fandom because fandom is still uh, to me being a crusty old g1er it's it's a concept that i understand um uh, but don't i i'm i wouldn't say that i'm uh, specifically part of it so i i guess what i wanted to ask you about is one how um how do you participate in in transformers fandom and then from there let's talk about the the different types of uh things that go into fandom like like zines and fic and and uh things like that okay well um you know being a part of the online community is definitely a key um to be a part of the transformers fandom like um, you know, so I'm usually on Twitter daily, you know, I'm actually surprised I've been in to this fandom three years now wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Cause like other fandoms I've been in, like my first one was Gundam wing, you know, when that came out, um, you know, I'm not obviously in that fandom anymore. Like, so I'm really surprised I've stood in this once for so long, but I think it's cause of what we talked about earlier. It's such a good fandom overall. Um, you know, I go on Twitter every day, um, you know, and I'll comment on people's posts about the fandom. You know, if other friends or acquaintances have posted fan art, I'll look on that. I'll comment on it. Um, you know, I commission people too. I commission yeah. artists. I commission fanfic writers. Um, you know, so those are ways. And then I contribute too. Like, um, Sometimes I'll just take requests for art and like be like, hey, you know, like I'm going to do sketch requests and I'm not asking anyone for money. And then people, you know, write in their suggestions and then I'll draw those usually as warm up pieces or sometimes I'll finish them like that um, Wind and Starscream sketch I did um, a few days ago. I actually finished it to a fully rendered drawing, mm -hmm. you know, and Normally that's something I would charge, you know, someone, but I just felt like doing it, you know, and contributing back to the fandom. Um, 
you know, and then going to the conventions, obviously that's another way I contribute to the fandom. Um, I was hoping this time to actually be an artist, but as we were talking about, if Chicago happens, I will be there at a table with a friend of mine um, who's another artist in the fandom, um, Erica. Um, and I'll have to give you her Twitter handle at the end, but um, yeah. she, um, yeah, um, but you know, with COVID, who knows what's going to happen. Like we were supposed to go to Toronto and we both decided to cancel because it doesn't make sense to go to conventions back to back. And you know, with borders and customs right now, I just don't know if it'll even happen. So, um, I would say those are the biggest ways. I, oh, and I listen to the podcast too. Like, you know, I listen to more than meets the pod by Kitten Harper and mm -hmm. APDC. Um, and, um, and I've started listening to your podcast too, <laughs> but like I have a lot of episodes to catch up on, but, um, yeah. you know, those are ways I participate yeah. in the, film, so. Very cool. Uh, so you, uh, um, um, do you uh so you you primarily do line art right like do you uh do you write fic for example yeah i do i haven't updated them though in a oh, while okay. and i feel so bad because i'll get a kudos every once in a while um i have an account on archive of our own it's the same handle as my twitter and um i feel so bad because i haven't updated any of them in so long um you know and i've actually um trying to write a transformers inspired book too but i have not touched it in a year but as you were saying if you don't you have to make the time to actually yeah. you know finish something that you've started and for me the focus is the artwork it comes to me a lot easier than writing does so I gotcha. So, and, and that's kind of the, the scene that I'm the least fluent in. It's like, I, I've, um, I, I've started to understand the world of fan art and specifically, uh, ships and, and ship art and all of that. But I've, I've, I've only briefly dabbled with fic. Like, for example, I just recently uh, commissioned Harper to do uh, do some fic for me. And, and it was it was great. I, I really enjoyed it. And basically, like, because, you know, she was uh, uh, she was offering up uh, commissions. And I was like, you know what? I think I can, I can wade in these waters. Hopefully I won't sink. And, you know, we, we just kind of went back and forth and I was like, well, I, I want to create a scenario where it's, it's Soundwave and it's Starscream and basically both of them are into Megatron, but none of them want to admit it, um, especially to each other. <laughs> Um, so, and so basically the, uh, the, the story that Harper ran with is, you know, basically it's a, it's a, um, you know, uh, bar time meeting after high command, uh, you know, kind of, uh, kind of wraps up the, the day's business and it's just, uh, just kind of two guys kind of like awkwardly kind of, uh, you know, just kind of feeling each other out. And it was, it was exactly, uh, what I wanted. It's something I couldn't have crafted myself, but it was something that I, I really, uh, uh, really enjoyed. So, and, and I think with that, I, I understand because like one of the things about MTMT uh, pod that, that kind of shoots over my head sometimes is that they will just rattle off thick ideas just like, and I was like, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. So, so wait a second. And so what I, what I've come to understand is that like a lot of thick is usually just like a thousand words. You know, it's not really like, because I, I, I was envisioning like short stories or, you know, something that, that was, you know, impenetrably long. And it's like, where do you find time to write all this stuff? And so, yeah, so I have a little, little better uh, understanding of, of that kind of, kind of side of things. Um, how, uh, how far off am I and kind of like my, my uh, understanding of what, what Transformers uh, uh, fan fiction and fic looks like? Um, you know, you're spot on in regards to like the length of them. Most of them are only like a thousand or a few thousand words. Um, some of them are actually novels. Like one of my favorite fanfics is over 400 pages. Oh my gosh. <laughs> 
So, um, yeah, it's an actual novel. So, um, but yeah, most of them are, um, not super long, uh, um, which makes sense because, you know, you'd have to like fully flesh out an entire plot, but, um, you know, Kit and Harper are amazing at coming up with stuff, as you were saying, like, you know, I don't know if you listened to Prowl Week, but, um, they yeah, were doing dips out of a hat and they were coming up with like scenarios and I'm just like oh my gosh like this is you know probably how a lot of people come up with fanfics sometimes but um you know it's just so creative and um I really admire our um writers who can write so easily like one of my favorite um fanfic authors is Doomspoon um, and their Twitter handle is Doomspoon888. I do remember that one. I don't remember everyone's Twitter handle, but um, their writing is just so good. And um, I've commissioned them quite a bit um, for fan fictions. And um, just the, you know, they can like set up the scene really well and the vibe and, um, you know, have a full story within a thousand words or 3,000 words. So um, I really admire that talent with writers. Excuse me. Um, yeah, no, that's that's awesome. And, and and again, I much like some of the art side of things, line art side of things. I, I'm just amazed with just what folks can just craft and create, and and so quickly as well. It's uh, it is uh, it is really something. Um, so you know, I I had mentioned that one of the things that I'm I'm the the least fluent about is uh, fic. Um, <laughs> That is not true. There's something I'm even less fluent in. Uh-oh. Zines. Oh. I, I know next to nothing about zines. And from what I understand, it's, it's thick and art. And it's, yeah. Um, so for uh, being especially patient with a, with a crusty old G1-er, because I, uh-huh. I know you had mentioned that you're, uh, you're contributing to uh, several zines. Um, could you uh, break down for me and maybe the, the folks at home, what, uh, what's the difference between say like a zine and, and just straight up thick or fan art or how, how's that, how's that kind of fit into the fandom lexicon? Well, a zine is usually something that's physically, it's as a physical form and, um, or you can get like a digital copy, but it's something that there's a theme, there's a theme usually around a zine and there's usually a limited run on it for how many are printed. So, um, for example, the one that I'm contributing to is called uh, Mac Adams Specialties, and it's going to be a book of um, alcoholic beverages that are Transformers themed. Okay. Um, I can't tell you like who I'm drawing for it, um, but I've been working on that one, and it's super fun. And so, um, you know, they have a theme. And um, zines are usually either for profit, like everyone gets a bit of it, or it goes towards a cause. Like another zine that I'm participating in, which is um, a Portland-based zine, is going to, all the proceeds are going to Black Lives Matter. So um, I'm going to be contributing a Transformers-inspired piece for that, probably of jazz. So... um, you know, so that's um, going to be really exciting. I'm stoked to be a part of that one too. Very cool. That's a that's a lot of fun. And mm-hmm. so yeah, so I mean, uh, in my fan going experience or my convention going experience, you know, I've uh, I, I've often gone by fan artists, and I'm just kind of one blown away by like the the amount of craftsmanship, but all also kind of mildly intimidated in that like i don't know what this stuff is so it could be it it could be for for folks that aren't as fluent in those spaces it can be it could be a little intimidating sometimes yeah it can be i mean you know a lot of work goes into creating a zine or even any merchandise for a convention um, you know, a lot of planning, especially for a zine, um, because you have so many artists and writers contributing to um, one finished project. It's definitely a project. It's yeah. not, um, you know, it's not just like a one-off kind of thing. And, you know, there are a lot of fans 
go and decide, hey, I'm going to organize a zine, you know, um, there's a Star Scream and Friends zine that's coming out, um, and a bunch of my friends are contributing to that one, and um, that's going to be really exciting, so I can't wait until I can buy that one. Um, <laughs> so, um, but, you know, they just, you know, if you have 25 or 30 artists and, like, 5 or 10 writers contributing stuff, the person in charge of that has to review everything, make sure that it meets the guidelines, um, you know, is the file set up correctly, you know, um, you know, is it right dimensions, is it 300 DPI, is it, um, you know, are the colors CMYK, like you'd have to know all that stuff, or at least I'd hope you want to know, I mean, but that's what I do for my day job, is I'm a graphic designer or artist, so, you know, you have to know all that stuff to successfully pull off a zine, and then you have to figure out what printer you're going to use, how you're going to distribute it, like, um, you know, if you have, are you going to have international customers or not, you know, and if you do, that adds a whole other level of complexity with shipping, which is why, like, um, you know, I have an online store and I haven't officially opened international orders because I don't know what shipping is going to cost to England from Portland, Oregon. <laughs> like, I have no clue and I don't want to, like, undercharge myself or overcharge someone. So, right. No, that would be something, um, that's something that I definitely lack the knowledge on. So, um, and I have to look into that more though. So, um, you know, for anyone who organizes a zine, like they get two thumbs up, like if yeah. they're successful, because it's a lot of work, like, you know, and it is a project. Yeah. Well, and not only is it a project, but like you said, it comes from a place of passion also. I mean, mm -hmm. you gotta, you gotta be into it and you gotta want to put in the work and want to do it. Um, Cause like, I, I remember um, maybe I'm getting my things mixed up, but like, I, I want to say in like TFCon Chicago um, that there was like, kind of like a whole side area with like all the fan artists and yeah, it's it, you. I, I could tell that there was a scene going on there, but I'm like, I don't know if this is for me or not. <laughs> so, but I, I'm I'm learning that you know those uh you know through making connections with cool folks and being open minded that there's um because I mean really the quite frankly the material isn't for everybody. No. Um. And and but that's kind of the, the fun part I think of this fandom is that there can be that material for, uh, for folks that want it. I mean, I, I, I just think that's super cool. And it's something like, you know, when, it, when I was younger, it never occurred to me to have say like, you know, gay romance between robots or something like that. But yet like, even when it's mainstream in, in the comics, it totally works and it's it's fine you know mm -hmm. because it's it's just good storytelling and if you invest in the characters you know you're you're going to like like i um you know i had been reading uh more than meets the eye and lost light before again before i knew any of this before i knew anything about fandom and i was you know totally invested with with chrome dome and rewind so, mm -hmm. and, and I, I was like, oh, this is, this is a, a new unique take. I, I kind of like it because the thing that I, I've grown to appreciate about uh, Transformers and Transformers fandom and um, is, is the, you know, inclusion and diversity. And I think that they've made incredible strides uh, over the over the last several years. Um, and really, and, and I've I've said all of this before in other places, but it's it's just good science fiction storytelling. And what I mean by that is that science fiction, when it's at its best, it takes um, today's sensibilities and uses a fantastical science fiction setting to be able to tell those stories in maybe in a way that we wouldn't be able to in traditional ways. Like, you know, like on like network television or in mainstream movies or something like that. But in a, in a Transformers comic book, 
you know, you can tell some of those stories and tell them very well and get folks like me um, to, to be just as invested as, uh, as my younger fan counterparts. And mm-hmm. I, I, guess, I guess in a sense, I, I wanted to make sure and mention that because if nothing else, it's Pride Month and it's, mm-hmm. uh, and, and it's always, you know, kind of forefront with a lot of fan-made content. Mm-hmm. from my observation. Yeah, um, you know, um, Transformers, you know, just over the years has been overall solely, you know, well-written and, you know, for it to last this long. I mean, like, um, if it hadn't have been, it, we wouldn't even be here talking about it. But um, Exactly. You know, what I like with the direction that the comics are taking, um, well, at least at the end of... Um, um, IDW 1.0 run, that's what they're mm-hmm. calling it, you know, there's 1.0 and 2.0, is that, um, you know, love is love in the Transformers world with Cybertronians, and, you know, there's no worries about, you know, like, oh, same-sex couples or whatever, and, um, you know, and that's something that hopefully our society will get to eventually where it's no big deal, you know, if there are two women, you know, in a relationship or, you know, two men. Um, and that's what I really like about it is that love is love and that's what it should be, you know. And um, I think that's an awesome thing that the Transformer yeah. fandom is able to do, you know, because they are alien robots. They're not humans. So, you know, for them, that's normal. It's like, it's no big yeah. deal. It's part of society. It's not like, you know, um, you know, oh, like, you know, we, us humans on earth, us flawed humans. I mean, they're flawed robots, but obviously <laughs> yes. four, four million years, depending on what canon, but, um, you know, I'm hoping in um, the IW or IDW. Gosh, I got the acronym wrong, but um, I'm hoping in the new comic run that they continue that. Um, and one of the things I like with the new run is the inclusion of more female characters. Yeah. Right off that, like, have you been reading the new run? I, I honestly haven't. Um, I, I keep telling myself I'm going to go back and get collected editions. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think for um and, and i'm not sure if this is within the the scope of what we're talking about here but i think when idw2 started off it started off on kind of like a weird off-putting note for a lot of fans of 1.0 and i think a lot of us myself included was kind of expecting if not some kind of continuation at least some kind of acknowledgement and then when the slate is completely wiped clean, you know, it's like expectations creates disappointment. And yeah. uh, speaking only for myself, I was a little disappointed with uh, the pace. And mm-hmm. it's just like, you know, there, there's, uh, there's not a whole lot of transforming in this Transformers comic. There really isn't a whole lot of uh, action. And even the 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 character beats didn't quite work for me so um i i jumped off early but what i what i have heard time and again is it's like you got to go back to it because it picks up it gets good and at times it gets really good mm-hmm. and so so that's that's an incentive for me to jump back into it but even more than that what what's a what's a huge incentive for me to want to jump back on is um, the inclusion of so many different artists. It's created opportunities for folks that, you know, might not have had uh, the opportunity to contribute to an actual Transformers comic book. Like at this point, I've got a couple different uh, folks I, I've made friends with that like, in fact, actually I was re-listening to uh, one of my episodes from uh, uh, TFCon Toronto from last year. And one of the artists uh, I interviewed 
um, uh, Billy, who goes by uh, Cosmic Danger. Um, and, and I asked her, and she's from Seattle also. So, mm-hmm. so we had like that, that connection there. It was super cool. Um, a phenomenal artist. But I, I asked her, you know, kind of like, you know, what's, what's the goal? You know, kind of what, what, what are you looking at down the road? And she's like, well, you know, I'd, I'd like to, you know, maybe do a cover or some like interiors uh, uh, sometime. And fast forward a year, uh, just, just under a year, actually, um, she's, uh, she's going to have art featured. And I believe it's uh, either issue 21 or 22, uh, but something coming up. And that's, I, I can overlook maybe like some of the, um, you know, plot elements that don't necessarily resonate with me, but I can, I can get on board in a big, bad way if friends are getting opportunities. Cause like, I mean, again, all of like the different covers they do. And like, I've, I've seen so many fan artists at this point kind of make that transition. Well, not, not transition. That's uh, make the jump at least to doing official work. Um, folks whose fan art I recognize. It's like, hey, wait a minute, I think I saw that person at a convention once. Or, you know, like I'll, I'll hear folks, uh, you know, corresponding over Twitter or whatever. And it's like, you know, and I don't mean this to be condescending, but my, my feeling is, oh, good for you. You're doing the thing. And because it, it's, it's a really, um, as a fan, a satisfyingly cool um, feeling. It's, I guess the only thing I can compare it to off the top of my head would be like uh, music. You know, mm-hmm. if you see like an up and coming independent musician at like a dive bar somewhere and, and then like they, they go on to become Nirvana or something, you know, it's, it, it, it's that kind of similar feeling where it's like, hey, I remember when I, when I bought a zine from their table, you know, th- that kind of thing. So I, I think that that's for me the best part about IDW 2.0 is that just the just the 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 um massive opportunity for uh for fan artists i i think it's so cool yeah i think most of the artists started out as fan artists which is really exciting i think um you know so you know there's hope for us like me you know i'd love yeah. to yeah. But um, I think that's really awesome that um, IDW and the Transformers, you know, you know, Hasbro hires fan artists. I don't know if Hasbro directly hires them. I think there's a company called Volta that they use for like the trading card game. But like, yes, there's a ton of fan artists that um, do official art for Transformers now, like, you know, Jar of Loose, Loose Screws and Winston and um, Corrales and you know there's just so many of the fan artists doing real art or, or official art you know yeah. and um, you know it is really exciting to see that a company is embracing their fans you know mm-hmm. who are contributing to the fandom you know and I, I think that's an awesome way to honor people too um, yeah a- absolutely one of, one of the things that I appreciate is I mean you nailed it is that you know Hasbro seems to kind of have a finger on the pulse of what their fans are into sometimes the fans are disappointed with what they get but what I've also observed from just being a fan of things is generally uh fans are the least equipped to know what they want Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if that if that if that makes sense like you know you you get like a a story that you oh, like like for example um uh most recently we talked about uh watchmen the the hbo uh tv series mm-hmm. it was the thing that none of us even wanted or asked for but it's exactly what we needed and mm-hmm. so so i i use that as kind of like one of those types examples of uh where you know, if if that was left up to the fans, it would be so fan servicey that it just it just wouldn't be any fun. Um, I, uh, I I come to Transformers fandom as a refugee from other fandoms, so I kind of kind of know what that what what that's being like. So um, I I like it here because the um, you know even even the folks that are 
toxic in Transformers fandom kind of keep to themselves in their own caves and they come out from time to time and it gets really ugly. But, but for the most part, the vast majority, I would say, make it a very uh, welcoming and pleasant fandom to be, uh, to be a part of. Yeah, um, overall, it's been a positive experience being a part of this fandom. Um, I have had some negative things happen. Like, um, I was at TFCon LA, and I had some guy come up to me, and he's like, oh, you must just be here because your boyfriend is into Transformers. I'm like, nope, I'm here by myself, and guess what? I'm a fan. And then the guy was just like, what? You know? Like, you know, and so it was just, you know, I've had that kind of stuff happen. It doesn't happen that often um, at a convention. But, um, yeah, and overall, the online experience overall has been fairly positive. There have been some crazy times, but, um, you know, for the most part, it's been good. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit about the perspective of uh, being a fan and being part of uh, fandom because I don't I, I still don't know if I, I've entirely untangled that yet where like um, can you be a fan of something and not be a part of fandom or can you be uh, participating in fandom and not be the biggest fan of material like I'm still and, and maybe I'm setting it up um, uh, clumsily but I, I'm still, one of the things that, that's still puzzling to my uh, over 40-year-old uh, G1er brain is that uh, Kit and Harper come to it from fandom and then became fans of the material. But, like, the basis was in fandom first, whereas that's, that, that's something I can't quite relate with. Um, maybe I'll ask them when I have them on the show there that we're, uh, we're, we're setting something up, uh, for, uh, mid July. Uh, nice. So that, that's going to be a lot of fun, but, um, but yeah, I was just wondering if, if you, if you have a take, um, on that kind of like the, the difference between being a fan and, and being part of fandom. Well, um, I think you can be a fan and not be a part of the fandom. Like my brother-in-law, he grew up watching G1. He's in your age range. And um, he um, is a fan of Transformers. He loves Bumblebee. He has Bumblebee toys. He doesn't have a lot of them, but um, he grew up watching G1. So he's a fan. He doesn't participate in fandom at all. So um, not online or anything. As far as I know, (laughs) I'm not asked. (laughs) But, um, you know, you can be a fan of something and not participate in the fandom. Um, but, um, like in regards to me, I definitely had to become a fan first before getting to the fandom because I am, you know, I'm in my thirties. So I'm kind of like, you know, at the tail end of, um, millennials, I guess, you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, for me at least, like I have to like something first before I can get into the fandom side of it but with transformers you know i'd already encountered it earlier in my life but um i got into it you know with watching prime transformers prime and um reading more than meets the eye but then like maybe a few months later i started writing my own fanfics and um then i got into the fandom side kind of slowly like over a period of a few months oh okay um, but you know, now I'm like fully ingrained in the fandom, I would say. <laughs> um, you know, and, um, I'm still, you know, reading and watching source material. Like, um, you know, I've been rewatching G1 actually. So, um, you know, so that's been cool. And yeah. I watched the Bumblebee movie a few weeks ago. Um, I might brave watching Revenge of the Fallen after <laughs> listening to Kit and Harper's episode on it because they actually made it seem okay even though it's like the worst michael bay movie so um but you know they brought up such good insights i'm like well maybe i'll revisit that but um you know for me i like to return to the source material um you know and but i do participate on the fandom side of things every day because it's easier to do that like you know you can read tweets or you know, find out what upcoming figures are coming out. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, that's a lot easier and more organic to do versus like, 
I have to set aside time to go watch G1. And when I watch stuff, I usually have it on in the background. I'm usually drawing or something, you know, that's, you know, most artists do that. Like they always have their shows on in the background, but I've tried to lately when I've watched it is actually like pay attention to it because there's so many things that I see now. <laughs> like yeah. I'm like dissecting these episodes and I'm like, Oh, look at Starscream's mouth here. What? Like, <laughs> you know, or like, yeah. Oh, ripples on top of Optimus or no, it was actually frenzy, but um, you know, that's very, you know, so it's just like, you know, I'm trying to um, notice a lot of th- different things. So And that's actually where we're going to stop things for now, Uh, but be sure and check out part two of my interview with Apollo later this week. We'll talk more about Transformers fandom, discuss some of her favorite Transformers toys, and go more in-depth on the collaborative process and art commissions. And speaking of, uh, Apollo has three commission slots remaining, so if you want to get on her list and get a commission from Apollo, you can follow Apollo on Twitter and Instagram at RoboApollo. And you can check out her online shop there as well. June is her birthday month, and she's offering 10% off orders over $25. Just make sure you use the promo code BIRTHDAY uh, at checkout. That's uh, that's discount code BIRTHDAY at checkout in her online store. The discount code does expire on June the 30th. And that will wrap things up for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. And if you want to listen to our past shows, subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can check out the full show archive out on SoundCloud. Like, share, rate, and review the show. Let us know what you like and what you'd like to hear more of in the future. Mike Seibert Radio is produced by Dave Sanders and is powered by Poddex. For my guest Apollo, my name is Mike, and until next time, wash your hands and make good choices. You've been listening to the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at Mike Seibert Radio. Email us at MikeSeibertRadio at gmail.com. The spelling on that, of course, is S-E-I-B-E-R-T. Call into the voicemail hotline at 231-224-MIKE. Once again, that's 231-224-6453. Special thanks to Michael Geisler for our theme music. For more like it, check out ByDoorMusic.com. This has been a Mike Seibert Radio Production.